I was going to start my sermon off by talking about how quick time goes, but if we're already in September, I think we figure that out. But as our friend Douglas uh, explained to us just a little bit ago this morning, we're going to be talking about idols, how we can figure out what an idol is in our life, and then just the importance of putting God first as well. Because the official first day of summer is still a couple of weeks away, but we can already tell that when we look at our calendar, summer has made its mark on our weekly schedules. The schools are out for the summer, pools are open and kids are swimming in it, camps are in full session, and then also, yes, the grass needs to be mowed yet again. There's no secret that we live in a very fast-paced world. There are things to be done, people to see, things to do. And in this world that is focused on go, 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 we can't find ourselves sometimes placing events, people, objects higher within our totem poles of our lives that consist of what our priorities might be. Now, I'd like for us to open up our Bibles this morning and turn to Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. And this morning, our scripture reading is a little bit longer than uh, usual scripture reading for our services, but there's just so much for us to learn From this portion of the Old Testament, it tells us of the time that Abraham was tested by God to see what his priorities were. But it also reveals so much more as well. So once again, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey. While I and the boy go over there, we will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son, Isaac, and he himself carried the knife and the flame and the fire. As for as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth 
will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Out of all the Ten Commandments, which ones do you guys pay the most attention to? Some may hold a certain commandment above another one as they go through the list. But the one that I want us to really focus on today is stated in Exodus 20, verse 4, and it's the second commandment. As it states in the New American Standard Bible, you shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. Now, how many of us here today circle that commandment within our Bibles? This one can slip through our minds because we may not think of ourselves as those who commit adultery. We may say, well, I don't have any golden statues or carved wooden images in my house that I kneel down or bow down to to worship. But I'm not talking about gold or wooden images that some might think about when reading about this commandment. So what is an idol? An idol is anything that we place more value on with our actions, our attitude, our possessions than we place on God. We can devote our time or our gifts, whatever it might be, on these things. Idols come in very different forms. For some, it could be money. It could be personal or social status, athletics, houses, cars, jobs, and even our own families. Do any of these things or anything that I failed to mention cause God to take a back seat within your life? These idols can hide themselves sometimes within one's fast-paced life. God had a purpose for Abraham's life, but for in order for God to complete his purpose in Abraham's life, he had to deal with the most prized possession that Abraham had. And I bet that if anyone had asked Abraham earlier if he had any idols in his life, he would have simply replied, no. Now, remember that earlier in the book of Genesis, God promised Abraham that all the nations would be blessed through him. He promised him a son, which God delivered against all odds. And then we look at what God commanded Abraham to do next. He told him to take Isaac, his the one son that he loved and to go to Mount Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. So Abraham got all of the supplies ready and he got to a certain point in the journey that he told the servants to wait right here while Isaac and I go ahead. Can you imagine what was going through Abraham's mind at that time? He knew what God had commanded him to do, but he had to be perplexed, confused on if God really wanted him to offer his son as a sacrifice. Why would God ask Abraham to do this? The reason is because there was only one thing in Abraham's life that was put higher on the list of Abraham's priorities above God. There was only one thing, one thing that was between Abraham and his total devotion to God, our father, and that was his son, Isaac. As mentioned earlier, these idols can be made up of many things. And how we point out what an idol might be in our lives is by taking a step back, taking a deeper look at our lives and seeing if there is anything that influences us to do what you would not normally do if you didn't possess that specific thing or be involved with that specific 
person. Now, these things can be hidden within our lives, as I just mentioned. We may not even know that they are there until we look in the mirror and pray to God to just show us, reveal to us if we have any idols within our lives. Is there anything in your life right now that competes with Jesus Christ? Is there anything that stands between you and God and fully surrendering your life to him? Often in my own life, I've experienced this myself. And during my prayer time, God has brought to my mind different things and said, I want you to lay that down and give it up to me. Put me first. Has this ever happened to you? Because when these moments happen, it serves as a sacrifice. Now, when we offer these sacrifices to God, we give it up and surrender it to him. We surrender ourselves to God, our father with this and without any expectation and anticipation for the future, that all goes with it. This is hard. This is no easy task to do. Now we have to make a note that if we do surrender these things, these sacrifices to God, we can often find ourselves trying to manipulate the situation, trying to mess with it, to get whatever we surrendered back. Like, see, God, I'm, I'm giving this to you, but then... You still look over your shoulder. Is it coming back to me? Am I going to get it back? And I'm here to tell you this morning that this is not really lying it down. In order to properly and truly surrender something to God, our hearts have to let go as well. That is when we know that we have given it to God. When it comes to Abraham, that thing that he didn't want to give up was his son. How hard it must have been. For Abraham to just try and understand why God would ask for such a thing. Why would God ask for this when he has promised me descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky? Why God? And I can tell you the reason why God gave Abraham this commandment. It's because God didn't want any challenges or competition for being Abraham's one true God. What are the biggest influences of your life? Is it a relationship with a specific person? Is it possessions? It could possibly even be a hobby. God doesn't want anything to come between you and him in the deep, intimate, personal relationship that he desires to have with you. There is a bright side, however, to offering these influences to God. It may not always happen in this particular way, but it's still amazing how often it actually does happen and can happen. Abraham answered God's call to sacrifice his son. And as he laid upon the altar that he had made, I'm sure all the memories that they had made together started just rushing back through their minds. All of those precious, wonderful times that they had spent together as father and son. And now here is Abraham, his son spread across the altar with a knife in hand ready to sacrifice his son. And then what happened? God stopped him. We must remember that God is omniscient, meaning he is all-knowing. He knows our past. He knows our present. He knows our future. He knows our hearts to the deepest depth of those, more than we know ourselves. God knew what Abraham was going to do that day. He knew what the outcome would be. He knew that Abraham loved him. But the key here is this. Abraham didn't know how much he 
loved God. And just as Abraham found out, we must do the same. We must lay our idols down. We have to ask ourselves, am I willing to lay it down with no expectation to get this back? This can be one of the most difficult things that you will ever experience in your life. A few years ago, when my youngest son, Breck, was being born, I was faced with a situation that all parents pray to avoid. My wife and I had been in the delivery room for hours anticipating the birth of a beautiful baby. But as the day went on, the joyful excitement that we started out with started to dwindle. And it started to turn to fear, to worry. During the course of labor, my wife's body began to struggle. And when the doctor came in to deliver, you could see in her eyes that something just wasn't right. And I remember very vividly making eye contact with the doctor as she instructed me that I better call family. I then saw a cart of equipment get pushed into the room that I had never seen before. And it definitely was not there when our older two children were born years before. And I'm no medical professional, in fact, very far from it. But when I saw that cart come in, I knew something was wrong. The doctor explained to us that our son had flipped last minute and he was now breached. And now our child's life was in danger. And as I looked at my wife struggling, I could tell that she wasn't doing well herself. It was then that out of the group of all the doctors and the nurses that filled that hospital room, I saw a big bag of blue scrubs come flying at me through those bright lights that they have in that room. And I don't know how I caught it, but I did. And I can tell you that I have never shook that much while getting dressed in my entire life. We were heading to the OR room and we were heading there in a hurry. As I followed my wife's bed around the corner out of our delivery room, down the hallway, to the OR room, I remember something because I found out that day how much I loved God. I had been praying all day, but at that point in time, it got very serious. I remember telling God, God, if you decide today to take my child, to take my wife, or both, I refuse I refuse to be mad at you. During the course of delivery in the OR, I prayed like never before, continuously. But this time, I I can't tell you what I prayed when we were there. All I can tell you is that I just saying, God, God. But then I know what I felt in my heart and my soul at that time. And that was God responding, saying, I'm right here. And when our son was born, he had to be revived. It was the longest moment of my entire life. Holly and I were there. I was laying right beside her, cheek to cheek. And we just started praying, please, God, please, God, please, God. Probably pretty similar to what Abraham was saying as he climbed up that mountain with Isaac. Thinking, I'm going to have to sacrifice this child, this gift from God. Why? Please, God. And the same response came back to me as earlier, this time even calmer. I am right here. I remember echoing those words into Holly's ear. I'm right here. I'm right here. And it was just because that's what I was feeling. Now, I never thought of my own family being an idol in my life. But I found out that day that it is very possible to do so. Because after they had revived our son... 
I can tell you that I will never forget that moment in my life, hearing that first cry out of our youngest son, Breck. And the praise that God received within that hospital room from Holly and I and all those doctors and all those nurses, you could definitely tell that God was right there. And that there is only room for one who can and who will sit on the throne of our lives. And that is the Almighty God. It's moments like that that are really tough for us. Anyone can say that they give up their idols, but to actually do so is hard. But you have to surrender them and you have to surrender them within your heart. Our loving God wants to be number one in our lives. And if we do so, if we surrender that spot to him, he promises, promises us that he'll guide us through it. And that he will provide. Just as we read in verses 16 and 17 in Genesis 22. I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of your enemies. When we lay down these idols, God promises to bless us. We may not experience these blessings while we're here on earth with our loved ones. Then again, maybe we will. We may have to wait to experience these blessings when our time comes and we rest in the presence of the Lord in heaven. Now, let me ask you this. What did Abraham lose by giving everything to God? Nothing. He had his family. He had possessions. And most importantly, he had a strong and faithful relationship with God. My friends, God has a plan for your life, just as he does with Abraham. And sometimes God's plan doesn't really always line up with what we think or what we feel it should be. But my question for you is, is there anything in your life today that influences you so much, so much that you put it before God? And if you are ready to lie it down before God, be careful not to manipulate the situation, expecting it to come back, because that is not true surrender. What if Abraham had said, God, you can have everything, everything except for Isaac. God knows what is best for us, and we can never outgive God. What we can learn from Abraham is that it is always wise to obey God and follow his commandments and then watch what he does within our lives and within our hearts. Is there anything in your life right now that is hindering your total surrender to Christ? Is there anything That you would say, God, you can have everything except for this, except for this. Because if you have an answer for that, there is an idol. And I mentioned this is hard. What I'm telling you today is straight from the word of God. And it is as simple as laying down our idols and handing it over to God, who is all powerful and in complete control. And he wants to show us what he is capable of. Of doing within our lives and within our hearts. And it's worth it, so worth it, that he himself, God our Father, put his only son, Jesus Christ, on the cross and offered himself as a sacrifice for you and for me so that we could tear down all the barriers between us. So that he could fling open the doorways to having a genuine, loving, and personal relationship with him. So I tell you today, 
to examine your life through prayer and to ask God, is there anything in my life that I have put on the throne, God, where you belong? Because he will show you. And you might not have even considered it to be an idol, just as Abraham probably didn't consider his own son Isaac to be an idol. And then lay it down. And without any expectation or anticipation, give it to God and let it go. And just see, just see what happens. Our God of promise, our God of truth, our God of love, and let him go to work on what you give up. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a God who never quits working on us. As the clay is to the potter, we are to you, Father. You will not stop at anything in the pursuit to have the deepest and most loving relationship with you that only you can provide. Father, bring to our minds now as we, you speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit the things that we put before you and help us with your strength to be able to surrender to you any idols within our lives so that we may fully worship and serve you and enjoy true fellowship with you, our God, our Father, and our friend. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. We love you. Amen. At this time of service, we're going to...